Bookie's Bookstore is an underwriter of WXAV 88.3 FM. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, Bookie's inventory includes new and used books. Bookie's also places orders and pre-orders for books not currently in stock. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram by searching Bookies Chicago. Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union. The credit union helps students learn about the importance of banking on their futures and building solid financial habits such as budgeting. Learn more about these concepts and many more on NWCCU's free financial literacy modules located on their website at nwccu.com or call them at 1-800-2-BELONG. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Um, I can kind of jump into just a couple questions about this uh, hotly and highly anticipated album, um, which is coming out January 26th. And I know like typically your music is a blend of styles from punk to folk, uh, Americana roots, Lots of different kind of descriptors for all of those as well. But um, can you tell us a little bit sonically, like what we can expect from this upcoming album? Yeah, so uh, I recorded it with my cousin uh, at a a studio called Flat Black Studios that I've recorded all my albums at. Mm -hmm. And so him and I always have fun coming up with different different ways to record things and kind of like what will be the sound of this one. And now they, they never deviate that much. I don't, um, uh, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it's not Sergeant Peppers. It's not, um, the white album or something, you know, but, uh, my cousin and I, we take the time to figure out new, new ways to like, you know, just get a good banjo sound or a good guitar sound, or what's a different way to set up a little, um, uh, uh, not a drum set, but like different percussion mm-hmm. and what's a, what's a way to, to do that. And so we're always kind of thinking of, of different, different ways to make it sound a little different. Um, and so this one, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's me, mostly me. Uh, I did have a, a bass player and a okay. percussionist uh, on a couple of the songs and um, a stand-up bass player, a doghouse bass player came Very in on a couple cool. songs and, I've never done much of that really. And, and um, so it's, you know, you're always thinking like, what, what friend can I bother <laughs> yeah. and bug to come help me in the studio? You know, um, again, I'm, I'm never, you're never going to hear a record of mine. that's um, so far left of field that mm-hmm. you're like, Whoa, this is like Lou Reed's metal machine music or something. <laughs> it's just like an angle grinder on a piece of metal okay. you know, for, for 20 minutes. Like, you know, <laughs> I appreciate stuff like that so much, but, my stuff, it all, it's all in the same world, you know, so I can't say this one, you, the average listener won't hear it and go, wow, this, you know, sonically, it, it sticks out in all mm-hmm. these ways, but uh, it just, it just sounds really good. It just, it sounds organic. Like it was my friends and I playing in a room together uh, on the, on the songs where I had people. So I, I wanted it to just sound really organic mm-hmm. and it's just fun to have your friends in the studio. And so, so, so to me that that comes out in the recording, and um, yeah, but without without overdoing it, I I, I don't know. I I, I like um, 
I, I want the songs to stand on their own. I want, I want the songs to like, if you just played them on, you know, any of these, if you just, if I just play mm-hmm. them on acoustic guitar or banjo, like it's still, it still works. It's, uh, I don't want to rely on too much studio trickery or, or, um, I don't know. It's, it's easy to get caught in the trap of like, okay, let's get a horn section in here. And right. <laughs> I don't want to get a horn section. And all, I mean, nothing wrong with that or anything. I just, I don't, I don't want to drench it. I don't want to drench it in, in everything. It's really, it's, it's almost like a drug. People get addicted to that in the studio. Mm-hmm. You like, what else can we slap on this thing? Um, whereas I almost approach it like a bonsai tree where you have it and then you, you trim away, you trim away, you take away and you go like, okay, what get down to the very essence of what this has got to be. And so uh, sonically, I, I, I think that comes through and I, I just want it to be always very vocal forward. Like I, I'm so, I'm really proud of my lyrics. Yeah. So, I want the uh, want those to shine right through, you know, things like that. Where like I just I, I I want the lyrics to be really heard, and then yeah, and then it's a matter of like putting what what frosting do you want to put on the right. cake after that, you know? But but not too much. A cake made totally of frosting isn't right. good either. You know? mm-hmm. Wise words, <laughs> yes. You know, you think it would be, but then it's really about the balance. There's nothing. There's no nothing to ground it. Exactly. You know, a, without it needs the cake to actually ground the whole thing. So that's that's what I always think. Like and and live, it's, I don't bring anyone on tour. Like it's just mm-hmm. me. So it's I need these songs to be able to um, yeah, just be played with just me. Uh, when you come see me play, it's it's uh, it's just me. So uh, I want I I keep, I keep that in mind a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I think sonically that all comes through. Yeah, absolutely. I know now I'm the bonsai tree reference or metaphor. I I love that. We're we're hot. that's going to be in the the clip before this interview is recorded, and we'll play that. I love that. Oh, but you're talking a little bit about um, kind of the, like the lyrics for your songs and really wanting to make sure those can shine through. And you have your your newest single, "Break Even," is out, um, which is part of this upcoming album. And it'll be the first album you've released in about like four years. Um, So given a lot has happened in the past four years, both globally from, you know, COVID, um, you know, within the U.S., like politically. And of course, we have all of our own personal stories unfolding as well. Um, You became a dad. Congrats. Um, So there's been a lot. I I was just curious um, as I was kind of listening to that single um, if all of that, if some of that has kind of made it into the song and this album. Yeah, you, you, I'm always uh, soaking up, like anyone, I mean, any like you do probably or anybody, you're always soaking up um, stimuli throughout your life, like whether you, whether it registers or not, you're always soaking these things up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what creative field you're in or even anybody you know you're kind of soaking these things up and you're being affected by things without even realizing it things uh yeah from major major global events to to uh just daily (laughs) daily uh uh, obstacles that you need to overcome Mm -hmm. and things like that and 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 beautiful things too as you say uh i became a dad and in 2020 march of 2020 Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I put out a record that year called I'm with you. And um, so, yeah, that was, uh, you know, four years ago sometime. Mm-hmm. And so 
uh, with this one, I, you know, I had a whole bunch of sort of like uh, kid related songs okay. that I like I was working on, like while I was home, I was supposed mm-hmm. to be on tour, but that all got canceled. Yeah. And um, I was working on all these. I was like, I might do like a straight up kids album. Oh my uh, gosh. And, and then I kind of like, and, and those songs, those, they might see the light of day sometimes, but I kind of <laughs> yes. thought better of it. I sort of came, I, it, it was that pandemic. It was that, um, that, uh, I don't know. Everyone was learning how to do these different things and just yeah. being, trying to make it through however they could. There's, there's a haze to that. There's like a, a you know, I, I kind of woke up from that dream and went, okay, maybe not a kid's album. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, and so I kind of thought better of it, although maybe I'll still do that. Someday. I, I would love um, to hear that. <laughs> but because um, I was yeah, hanging out with my little baby yeah. and I was just like, oh, I want to make a, you know, and everyone's made one and there's a million of them, but there's some really good ones. So so I, I, I kind of put that aside and started writing songs about, um, oh, just, just people's everyday struggles. It just mm-hmm. seems like everyone I know is having... Um, mental health struggles and, and I mean, that's been since the beginning of time it's not new or anything but it just it's really been prevalent the last few years so just thinking about people's everyday struggles what happens when you think you can't go anymore when when you think you've been pushed to your limit but you do keep going you know and you, it isn't your limit you mm-hmm. thought it was but it's not what what happens then and you know, you're maybe stronger than you thought you were, and you maybe can take a little more than you thought you were and uh, thought you could, and and things like that. So I, st- I started writing songs about that, and that's that's what a lot of this album has to do with, and and you know, like the 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 song "Break Even" is a little more lighthearted version of that, mm-hmm. where you know you just can't get ahead, you know, yes. uh, and uh, who can't relate to that, where you just feel like. Oh, man, I had some pennies saved, mm-hmm. and um, and then there they go. It's like trying to hold water in your hands. It's like mm-hmm. trying to cup water in your hands, and it just flows out. So, so that was that was like a lighthearted, more like a traditional mm-hmm. take on that. And then there's there's songs on here that are a little bit heavier about a little, you know, people I know that I've that, that I've passed away mm-hmm. and through different uh, circumstances, and and sometimes that is your limit. Um, sometimes you're pushed to the limit and that is that's it uh so that's the thing too um so it's not about um i went from having this lighthearted kids album to totally doing a 180 and kind of writing about some more heavy stuff so so none of this album is uh none of it's about my daughter mm-hmm. none of it's really about uh you know i I write a lot of the times about like my, my farm and my, right. my place. And this, this really isn't about that either. Um, so I kind of deviated from some themes that I normally would, would, um, would approach, but yeah, so th- this is just more about people and their, and their struggles and, and how do you make it through? And, and it, it's more about that. Looking forward to hearing all these new songs, but, and kind of, Speaking of the passage of time, hymns for the hopeless, uh, the day the end finally came, even ashes to dust are now turning maybe like 20, 21 years old. They're basically legal drinking age, which is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, back when you were getting started, did you imagine you would be making music and releasing albums and going on tour 20 years later? That's that's an interesting thing to think about. You know, last year I, I, I was thinking about that because um, it pops up a lot. You'll hear a band. It's like, oh, they're doing their 20th anniversary yeah. of such and such album. And then they go around and play the album straight through and stuff and uh, or whatever. And I thought about doing that with Hymns for the Hopeless because, yeah, it, turned, it came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. So last year was its 20-year anniversary. And this year, as you say, now that album can have a whiskey. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> it's 21. And so, um, uh, and I just didn't get to it. I, it was looking back in a way that I didn't, I wasn't quite re- ready to do. Um, and, I mean, I play those songs live. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm definitely not an artist that, like, doesn't look back. I mean, I play things off every album all the time. I love that stuff. But to answer your question more specifically, I, on one hand, I definitely did not expect to even, it sounds glib, but like, do you think like in 20 years, yeah. will I even be alive? Like it, it's mm-hmm. not fatalistic. It's not like, Oh, die young or whatever. It's, it's just like, I don't know, 20 years. I can't even, I can't even picture 20 years. And especially when at that time I was 25 when that album came out. That first album was 25, and yeah, I picture being 45. So I yeah. couldn't couldn't picture that. So in, in one way, it was like, who even knows, man? I'll just be if I can just make one album, I'll be glad. If I can write one song and record it, I'll be glad. If I can make one album, wow, that'd be amazing. And so um, there's that. But then, strangely, as with anything, on the other hand, it is like oh, I'm going to be doing this till I'm 100. Like, right. There's no, I, I can't. I can't stop. And so there was that too of like, no, I'm going to just do this forever. There's, I'm just going to do it forever. Yeah. That's what, yeah, we all, we, we want to, or, or people pivot and they do something mm-hmm. else and that, and things change and stuff. But for me, it's like, I, I'm going to do some iteration of this forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now that it is 20 years later, now I, with some time under your belt, now I now I can I I can picture I can picture twenty you know what what it all you know twenty years looks like and thinking well twenty years from now I'll be sixty five yeah. will I still be writing anything that matters or doing anything that matters or whatever just having fun I mean just making music and having fun even if it doesn't matter uh-huh. <laughs> I don't you know think- if what I've done has ever mattered does, does anything we do matter like in the cosmic sense of things like, I don't try not to worry about that. Mm-hmm. It might matter to one or two people, and that's cool. But yeah, it's 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 wild to think about um, that amount of time. And, and on one hand, I fully expected, and on another, it was like, shoot, I might not even be alive. Which is it's just a real valid question. I think all of us think about that. It's crazy. Twenty years is a long time to think about. It's hard to think about the next year or two or five, let alone twenty. But we're here. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yep, we we made it, and, and we'll keep making it, and even if, you know, we'll make it, we'll make it, and, yes. and things, I, I often revisit this in songs, like the idea of, you know, like old devils, or like, mm-hmm. things like that, where like, it's just always been this way, so let's, I, for me, I, I take perspective on it, like, it was like this 2,000 years ago, it was like this 10,000 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, in a different way, of course, but um so it helps me uh, calm down <laughs> and sort of like get perspective, yeah. pull pull back the lens, get perspective, um, 
I need to sort of do that to even just like function. Got just it. think, okay, these are trying times, but they've always have been. Even times people thought were calm and nice, they weren't for everybody. <laughs> people mm-hmm. can look back mm-hmm. at like the nineties and go, back in the nineties right. when there wasn't there was nothing to worry about. Well, who were you and where did you live and mm-hmm. what were you doing? Because a lot of people had a lot to worry about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, or, <laughs> yeah, gosh. So, yeah, taking us back to a greater time back in the 50s. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, always oh, problems, what, just who, different who, problems. Who was that great for? Mm-hmm. Who was that great for? Uh, yeah, not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, without getting, you know, what? Uh, but I think about how it's, it's always been trying times. And so this is more of it. And we'll just uh, do our best to, to make, yeah, make make positive positivity in the world and and uh, yeah that's that's all I want to do but yeah I think it, that just got me on a tangent about the passage of time is all but yeah picturing twenty years from now like what, right. it's it's really hard but I, I you know I think I can I think I think I can picture it kind of but in a way I can't and now my daughter's she'll be four this year so that yeah. I, everything is kind of gauged by that yep. too, so. Uh, 20 years, you'll be 24. Mm-hmm. What will you be doing? Are you, you know, what, what are you going to be up to? Like, you're going to be playing drums with me on the road. That's what I hope. Hey, I like that. <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> Do a Jeff Tweedy and, oh. you know, get your, get your boy. You know, he had that band Tweedy uh, with his boy uh, yes. playing with him and stuff. I was like, that, that's cool, man. You got your son playing drums with you. It's amazing. Um, so I wanted to talk like a little bit about Iowa and kind of where you're at and what you're doing on your farm, but did want to like touch a little bit about your start in music. And as a disclaimer, I went to the University of Iowa. So I lived in Iowa City. Uh, go Hawks. Um, I saw you perform, I think, for the first time at the Mission Creek Festival in maybe 2012. And I was there with the... University of Iowa's college radio station, KRUI. So big fan, kind of fun, full circle moment now that I'm talking to you here as part of WXAV. But obviously you you lived in Iowa City and you were kind of making your way on the scene, uh, touring with friends, you were an opener, and I'm sure you talked to a lot of college radio stations and um, were playing for local crowds. How did what you learned and experienced then inform how you interact with crowds today? Oh man, that that's uh, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2012 Mission Creek um, was that at like the Englert? That or, uh... was, I think, that was at Blue Moose when Blue Moose was still around. Okay, yeah, I used to I used to do Blue Moose a lot. Uh-huh. I, it's crazy when you live long enough and been around long enough, and you see these venues kind of come and go. And, and um, yeah, that's it. But yeah, Blue Moose was was awesome. When uh, back when I lived there, that was a pool hall called the Q. Okay. Um, and we'd go there and, and play pool and drink pitchers of beer, and mm. it became the Blue Moose later. And I played a bunch of shows there. But, but um, yes. Yeah, so when I when I kind of moved to Iowa City, it was it was um, 90, 1998, okay. 1998, before a lot of the listeners were born, probably. <laughs> and uh, so that's when I'm fresh off the farm, and and um, and yeah, came there and, and made a lot of. Um, interesting friends that are still some of my best friends mm-hmm. today, you know, through the, through the music scene and things. And so I started, I had played some shows uh, around my hometown area before, like you kind of play someone's birthday party or sure. you play, 
we used to I used to play this karate studio where they, it was like a dojo where kids went and you'd learn karate. That's amazing. Uh, and 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 my cousins went there and like they became black belts and stuff and and they uh, they got ideas to like hey, we could do a show here you know it was before I didn't know about like house shows and things like that but it was like a DIY place to to do a show and I would. Mm-hmm do like Johnny Cash covers and Pearl Jam covers and stuff or whatever (laughs) (laughs) age 17. So, so I'd I'd done some of that. Like I'd learned like, okay, here's how to kind of be in front of a crowd and all that. Uh, But then moving to Iowa city and it it was like, Oh, this is where um, there's great, there's great artists around. I mean, I knew about Greg Brown and Dave Zolo and, and um, you know, Bo Ramsey Mm -hmm. and, and, and a whole host of others that had sort of paved the way Dave Moore um, they kind of, there was this bar called the mill oh, and they, yes. the, the mill was uh, yeah. RIP. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. We needed another high rise with a, a, oh. a burrito place. On I know. The I hope you can hear my eyes rolling through the microphone. <laughs> <sighs> I love burritos. But, right, um, yeah, we didn't we need do. another uh, uh, high rise with uh, the first floor is retail space. We didn't need that, but there was a whole scene there and I, I kind of knew what I, what I was getting into a little bit, but I, I started going to these punk shows, always a fan of like punk rock and, and hardcore and weird. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of weird bands at that time. So I would, um, you know, make friends with folks and, and just sort of like get to talking to people and, and like, Hey, can I open up a show for you guys? Sure. You know, and they'd let me. And, and so that was kind of my way in was just like, Hey, can I play three or four songs before your band plays, you know, and they'd let me and, and got to know some of the promoters and, and kind of work, work my way up like that. And this is in like 1999, you know, 2000. And, um, and so I always had to, uh, to I'm, I was always by myself. So in order to stick out, I, I had to <laughs> really, um, what do I want to say? I had to sing really loud. Yeah. I had to be, I had to be bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If that makes any sense, I had to like occupy more space than Absolutely. just me, and so I like I learned how to sort of get people's attention in a way, and and um, just really sing and and really sing loudly, and and to even get people to be able to hear you in a loud club or whatever. So a lot of that I never let go, almost to my detriment. Now I'll be playing like a quiet theater where everyone's listening and it's seated, and I'm still just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I need to realize like I don't need to scream anymore. I, <laughs> they're listening now. <laughs> so, so some of that I need to probably let go, but um, I can't help it. And so, so a lot of that developed early where it was just like, okay, it's, I got to really like make an impression mm-hmm. and, and stick out. So yeah, a lot of that was, was learned early and I got my 10,000 hours, like pretty, pretty early. Mm-hmm. by just, yeah, play it, playing a lot, and um, and yeah, I, I love I love Iowa City. As I've said many times before, it's the nearest university town, the yeah. nearest town to where I live. It, it felt like a big city. Like when I was a kid coming mm-hmm. from the farm, growing up there, it felt like a big city, you know. And it is it, it, compared to where I am, it, it, it is. Yeah. And the you know the university and everything, and so meeting a lot of different kind of folks, meeting folks of all colors and genders and uh, uh, sexual orientations, you know, all the whole spectrum of everybody mm-hmm. you know, like getting to meet different people. It was so cool. 
and the, again, are still my friends. A lot of them are still some of my best friends today. So that, that was a huge thing too, just meeting a bunch of different types of folks. So that all informed the music and informed how I, you know, kind of walked through the world after that. Um, but yeah, Iowa City definitely shaped a lot of what, what I still do today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love it there. That was, that's where I definitely cut my teeth. And a lot of the places I played aren't even there anymore. Know. Know. So by, by 2012, yeah, I mean, I hadn't lived there for years mm-hmm. by that time. I, um, but I, when I go there, I, it still feels like home. It still feels like I'm doing a, a hometown show, mm-hmm. even though I live like an hour and a half south of it. Iowa City still feels like the hometown. You know? oh, which is awesome. Wait, I love Iowa City. It's a fun city. There's always like a lot going on. Of course, the university's there. Everybody's so nice, which I think is a hallmark of the Midwest and specifically the state of Iowa. I kind of, with that, being said, obviously, the Midwest and Iowa specifically are a really important part of your life and has a large influence on your music today. But a lot of people think Iowa is flat. It has a lot of corn and it's boring. I'll say one of those is true. It's it's the corn one. Um, but can you talk about <laughs> something that's underrated in Iowa or maybe like doesn't get the credit it deserves? Um, oh, that, that's great. Yeah. So I hear this a lot from people and, and I get it. Like we're a state that nobody thinks of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, we're, we're a dark horse, you know, and there's lots of those. There's people from places that just don't get the headlines. People just don't think of us and I don't blame anyone. That's okay. If you've driven through, m- most people say, yeah, I, I drove through there and yeah, okay. And what they mean is they drove through there on I-80 going from New York city to LA mm-hmm. or whatever. They stopped they at the world's largest truck stop. Yep. Yep, yep. Stop at Walcott. Yep. You know, there is a lot of corn. I have a lot of thoughts on how bad that is, too. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't such a monoculture. Uh, I wish farming could be much more diversified. Mm-hmm. Uh, nature wants diversity. Everything do, does better with diversity. The corn and soybeans, uh, it, it's too bad that it's kind of that monoculture, but that, that is absolutely right. A lot of agriculture. But where I'm from, on, uh, by the Mississippi here on the, the east side, it's really hilly, and there's beautiful bluffs and woods and uh, streams and creeks, and, and it's, it's just it's beautiful, you know. And there's a lot of parts of Iowa that are like that if you're looking for, for natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Now, where that where that interstate is, of course, I mean that's where they put interstates, is where it's nice and flat. That's what's easier to build. Yep. That's why the interstate's there. But if you get off that a little bit, like anywhere, like any state. Uh, you start to, to to see some color and some more interesting things, and and there's a lot of music. I mean, um, mm-hmm. there's always been a lot of you know a, a lot of music happening. Like Des Moines is a great music city. Iowa City, Ames, Dubuque, sure. Dubuque, Iowa, like Quad Cities. You know, Davenport. You know, so there's always been like interesting bands and and, and art and music. Great museums. Yeah, things like that that, that people might not mm-hmm. think of. And um, then again, Iowa's not special in that way. Like anywhere you can think of has cool stuff uh, that you th- that people might not think of. I'm mm-hmm. about to do a tour. I'm about to go on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been here in forever, but I'm going on tour to, to Florida in, here in February. And I, I played all over Florida. I've done it a lot of times. And, and it's just been a lot of years. And it's... Yeah. It, Again, it'd be easy to go Florida. Yeah. Even my, I yeah. myself, I know better, and I'm still like, I don't want to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
this is just an example. I'm not even. I'm about to actually compliment Florida. There's there's cool people there and cool music and cool stuff. Yes, the headlines say a lot of wild stuff about Florida, of course, mm-hmm. and that's all true too. Very nuanced, but <laughs> there's great people and great food and great culture there too. You know, of course. So I would hate for someone to think of Iowa and go, "Oh, it's this red state." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could read headlines and think a lot about what Iowans must be like. And it's like, no, there's a whole diverse cast of us. And so I, I would want people to re- to remember that too. I mean, same with Illinois. Yeah. Same yeah. with anywhere. Like you could, you could be mistaken thinking Illinois is, is just Chicago, but you know, it ain't, yep. uh, you drive outside of Chicago a couple of hours and it's farm time. I'm always interested in how um, places defy uh, expectation and so i think iowa does that once you once you get under the surface a little bit i mean that's i think those of us that live here know that and i think it's just like living anywhere else but sometimes it maybe doesn't get the full you know props that it deserves so i always like to to ask especially from an iowa native yeah oh so okay so you're born you were born in iowa or? so i'm born kind of outside of chicago in illinois and then i went to university of iowa for uh undergrad oh. so i've you know made a tour of the midwest and love it all gotcha guy yeah. i gotcha yep yep no and i, I love, yeah, love chicago love you know illinois is awesome too it's um no that's that's awesome and and yeah, I, that's why i wanted to write songs that say iowa in them you know just, there's not enough songs that about Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and so like I wanted to sort of add to add to that and, and yeah, sing its praises a little bit and fully recognizing all the bad stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, like anywhere. There's nowhere on earth that's perfect and all the people are perfect that doesn't exist. So I get that <laughs> Iowa's complicated. Kind of as you were talking about all these cool things that are in Iowa. I know you of course in addition to being a musician, you're working on your farm. And from kind of what I can see, even on like social media or in your newest music video um, for Break Even, I don't know if you would call yourself a, a woodworker or a craftsman or a builder, but is that a stress reliever? Is it a hobby or is it a necessity for fixing things around your property? Oh, that's great. Oh, I love this. Um, I love love making stuff. I, I've always loved making things. And um my father-in-law is a craftsman. He worked in the Amana colony okay. in Iowa, which is like a historical colony, you know, that was uh, settled by Germans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a couple hundred years ago or whatever. And it's this real hotbed of like, you go there and get your handmade tables and cabinets and furniture and, and things. And, and my father-in-law worked there um, as a, uh, a, a furniture maker for, okay. for for yeah, decades, and what I started getting into it uh, when I met my wife, you know, like 17 years ago. Um, with, you know, her dad and was like, "Oh, he's like he can actually make like beautiful furniture." I've always liked like making stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like I don't know how to how to make a dovetail joint, how to how to actually you know I screw stuff together and whatever. And, and so he he's who taught me how to um, get into the real joinery, like real woodworking. And so over the years, I've been working on that, and it really is a stress reliever, sort of a flow state. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the, the music is like that for me too. But sometimes I need something different than music. Yeah. I need another thing. So I go out to my wood shop 
it was my dad's old um, garage. When I was growing up, he worked on cars and stuff in there. And they, so my folks passed away a long time ago, but so it's in the process the last you know couple decades of um, turning it into my wood shop. And so I, you know, collect these old hand tools, specifically hand tools, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, I, I like table saws and, and circular saws. And when I need to build a doghouse or whatever, I'm not going to get out the, the electric saw, you know, but for actually building furniture and building uh, things like that, um, I've been really into the hand tool thing. And, and part of that was um, when my daughter was born, I could, I could bring, you know, when she was really little, she was just a baby and she'd be sleeping and I could bring her out in her crib or in her uh, little carrier and I could bring her out to the, the, the shop. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, you can't have anything too loud. Yeah. You can't turn on the table saw. So I was already into hand tools, but that time really made me get into just working with silent, beautiful hand tools mm-hmm. and no, no ear protection needed, no dust mask needed. Yeah. You know, you're just, it's so calming and nice and meditative and she could just sleep in her little carrier and, you know, and I could, I could, you know, fiddle away and make, make things. And I made so many like decorative boxes and you know, stools yeah. and like stuff. So I'm, I'm striving to get better and better, but it, so partly it was yeah my father-in-law and then, and then having, having my daughter and not, not needing the loud noises and my fingers. I mean, I'm thinking like the table saw, I mean, how many, mm-hmm. How many uh, days do I got before a table saw right. gets me and I can't even play guitar? You know, so I'm like, well, maybe hand tools. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when safer. It was, when it was time to, uh, I I really like those YouTube videos where it's somebody. It's like almost ASMR where someone's building something and you know, and somebody makes something from nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to make a video like that. I, you know, and that's the song. And so we had this big windstorm last summer and knocked over a bunch of trees. And so in the beginning of that video, it's, it's a walnut tree that's knocked sideways. And, and you know, I'm like, oh, I mean, I'll saw it and then I'll make a stool from this walnut tree. Mm-hmm. It's a way of taking uh, lemons and making lemonade, so to speak. Uh, so so that was that was the idea. And so the woodworking has been a real, a real savior. It, 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 I really love it. And finding old rusty tools and mm-hmm. garage sales and stuff and fixing them up and using them. I've got tools that were my dad's, That's cool. um, you know, and my, my tools that were my grandpa's that were like rusty and I, I like clean them up. And so you, you know, I'm using a tool that's like 150 years old that my grandpa used. And there's something beautiful about that, mm-hmm. you know, from a tree that's from my yard. <laughs> and, and it's just, I, it's, it's, it just makes me so happy. So that, that video, I wanted to kind of capture that in that video, but uh, the woodworking, you know, for this music stuff goes sideways. Maybe I could, <laughs> maybe I could do that. Um, <laughs> I'd have to charge about a thousand dollars for every stool I make because it takes like hours. <laughs> That's the con of using hand tools. Yeah, it takes a little longer, but you know, the end product is not, pretty cool. Yeah, not not feasible for a business, but anyway, yeah. So that, that's it's been a, a real fun, uh, a, a fun hobby to have. I think it's people need some hobbies, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, make, making stuff with your hands is a, a good place to start. And like Nick Offerman said, an Illinoisan, fellow mm-hmm. Illinoisan, the, the great Nick Offerman, always said, like, that's growing up on the farm, you, you had to learn how to fix stuff. And yeah. I watched my dad, like, well, I can't go buy this. I need to just fix this. And so you did. There was a, an aspect of it like that, too, where mm-hmm. I just got to learn to kind of be a little handy. 
And he says it's called just being a Midwesterner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's his. That's not mine. But he's like, well, we just called it being a Midwesterner. You learn how to fix stuff and do stuff. And, and so there was always that, too. But as far as making, like, a beautiful piece of furniture, that that's recent in my life. It's like, ooh, I, I, I can make something kind of elegant and kind of nice, you know. And so it's, it's a never-ending journey. You never quite get there, yeah, but you're right. always striving. Yeah, which is good. We're here for the journey, right? The end destination is great, but it's all about the process. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, I, I might butcher this, but there's an old Chinese, I think a Chinese uh, proverb, and I'll butcher it maybe, but my uncle's a fan of saying this. Okay. Um, it's house, house done, man die. Meaning mm -hmm. you, you think you're done, you, you've been fixing up your house and you think it's all done that's when you're going to die. You know, like you need, you need to always be thinking, what else could I do? Could mm -hmm. I improve it this way? Like you could, it could be any craft. It could be anything you're working on yourself. You could think I'm done. I'm, I've learned everything. <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> I wake up every day and I'm just excellent. Right. Like, mm -hmm. Nope, that's, that's death. Mm -hmm. That's death. So you need to always be working, whether it's on your house or yourself or a new song, or a painting, or an essay, or anything, always be working. And that's nothing new. Uh, we, we know that, right? But I'm just reminding myself and reminding everyone, always be striving, always be working. Because when you think you're done, that's death. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited maybe for this potential William Elliott Whitmore uh, woodworking ASMR album followed closely by the children's <laughs> album. So can't oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that still might be in the works. I, those songs, I still got them. I still got them. Okay. I might, you, you never throw a song away, right. you know. Like I got it. So there might be a kids' album still. I, it wasn't. It wasn't the right time before, but maybe now it is. Okay. All right. We got the scoop. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> but I got one more question for you. Um, thinking about like your music being a fusion of various styles, like your background, your hobbies are a blend of like a variety of things. Um, and your personal style, I think is also a mixture. Like your, your style, your fashion is just cool. Like your vibe is cool. You're, you're cool. Like we love it. You're cool. Um, I often find that people with the coolest style are just earnestly, authentically themselves. They're not putting up a facade. You know, they're open to risks. They're trying new things, but they're mostly just living their truth. So since it's January, um, maybe if there's somebody out there that has a 2024 resolution to be more authentic, to wear what they want to wear, to learn what they want to learn, to play the music they want to play, what advice would you have for someone like that? Oh, I, I love this. Um, I love this. You know, whenever I'm asked anything similar to this, I always think like I need to be taking advice from other people. I shouldn't be giving it. <laughs> I should be asking advice. Um, and I do, but, but if I had to, to give some, I mean, you said it absolutely. Do your best to be your authentic self. I mean, now more than ever, mm -hmm. like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like just, Everything gets so homogenized. Again, not a new observation, um, but it, it gets all blended together. Now you could just put on a costume and be whatever. Um, but I think that the best stuff is when you, you mix it all up, you mix up your, your influences and you make it your own. And, and it's so trite and it's been said a million times, but I just think that it's, it's so true. 
if you're if you're a kid that likes goth music and farming mm-hmm. and knitting and you know i'm trying to think of just a bunch right. of whatever you you know just a bunch of seemingly different stuff like then that's you like mm-hmm. that's that's everything you don't have to be one thing and the cool thing is i think kids i say kids you know people under 30 or whatever i think kids know that now more than ever yeah. i think i think and so that gives me some hope and so that's why i say um i should be asking them for advice um <laughs> they could probably teach me a few things you know but but in this year this year of our lord 2024 <laughs> mm-hmm. you know strive strive to be yourself and, and make your make your imprint on this world ring your ring your bell you know your bell has a certain frequency your little bell we each have a little bell and it, you, you you ring it and you just ring it and that frequency that sticks out and, you, and people eventually go wow i like the sound of that yeah. bell and uh and or they don't or it doesn't jive mm-hmm. with them or it does or it's whatever but it, it doesn't doesn't matter if people like whatever if you're in the creative fields like just just do your thing and um you have to you have to because as we talked about earlier time goes by Mm -hmm. and you have to just do that stuff now just just do do what makes you feel good and and uh unless what makes you feel good uh is crummy and like crappy yeah, fair, fair. If mm-hmm. what makes you feel good is like hurting people or something, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, you know, be yourself, do do your thing, and um, and and help people. It does help mm-hmm. people. You you might be ringing your little bell, and that might be just the frequency yeah. someone needs to hear. Now, now I'm sort of thinking in terms of like social media, a kid making a mm-hmm. little YouTube mm-hmm. video of them, of them uh, um, crocheting a, a sweater. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what kids do. Right. I think but, they like, do that. Know, yeah. what, what, or, or anything. Like it's you making making a pot of soup. My um, my cousin's son, he's like eleven or twelve, and he's super into cooking. Okay. He, like he he plays piano and he plays music and he does all this stuff. But his his latest thing is like he's super into cooking and like uh, plating up beautiful plates of food. And he's like eleven or twelve, and he he makes little videos about it. And, I'm just like that, that, that kid, that's, that's amazing. Like, I just, I'm into like, you know, making a beautiful steak and cutting it open and then plating it up really beautifully and taking a picture of it and then making a YouTube video about it. Like, there you go. That's the thing. Whatever your thing is, just do it and have fun. Even if you're not filming it, now Mm -hmm. I'm taking it off social media, whatever. Don't worry about that. Just do your thing. Ring your bell. Oh, I love that. I think that's so true. It's like, I'm an artist, so I I think it's so important for creatives, for non-creatives, but I think everybody is really a creative because when you're making things, when you're trying things, you are adding to the world, and I think we all we all need it. Yeah, and yep, and exactly. I think we're all creative, just in different ways. Everyone's creative, even if you think you're not. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not some magic thing. You know, I I'm not creative because I don't paint beautiful pictures right you know or whatever like it's no it's we're all creative we're all creating something you might just be creating a vibe mm-hmm. you might be... <laughs> yeah, which is so important as, the, the vibe's gotta be vibe. good you know as the kids used to say yeah. three years ago a vibe uh, um, but uh, you know just energy just good goodness goodness in the world you're you're creating that so like create it well um so it's it's not some magic thing it's not 
some of us do it and others don't or whatever. There's just different ways to do it. So whatever your thing is, just, just do it well. Oh, I love that is the perfect. I'm not, I don't even have much more to say because that is the perfect way to kind of wrap up our time together. But I want to say a huge thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Such a fan, such a listener. So this has been so lovely to get to talk with you. And I know we're all super excited for the upcoming album. Thank you, Ellen and Pete. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.